it's always great to be here. And uh, funny enough, as I'm getting ready to do a message on chaos, uh, Helene and I were having a chaotic moment at home. Uh, last night, we ended up having one of our pipes burst right out of nowhere. And so we actually haven't had water since sometime in the evening. And then is, look, that, is that what the smell is? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, but on honestly, like just going through that and as chaotic as, as that can be, and we're trying to figure it out. And it happened right before I had to do like a zoom meeting with someone and I'm feeling overwhelmed and all over the place. Uh, I think that God just needed to remind you that, Hey, Chaos happens when you least expect it at any point in time. And how you respond to that is so important. So I'm preparing for this message on chaos and what, what's going to happen next. And God's like, hey, here's a reminder. Right? Especially because as, as we look through in Exodus 14, we'll be looking at his journey and up to crossing the Red Sea. And I'm um, I think God has a sense of humor and he was like, let's do something with water at your house. That'll, that'll be great. But that, that, that's a great reminder that as Christians, we're great at serving chaos and serving those in who need help in chaos, but we're not so great at walking through chaos. And, and there's a distinction in that. Well, what I mean by that is as Christians, if there's an emergency situation, there's a natural disaster, we, we can rally the troops, we, we can start collecting things, we can do donations, we can do all of those things. But then when it comes to walking with someone in their lives through the chaotic moments, we're not so great at. And I, I want to kind of broaden the definition of chaos just a little bit, because I think that'll help us realize that chaos is a little bit bigger and more accessible than we think, right? So for, for me, when I think of chaos, it's not just an emergency moment. Chaos and chaotic situations happen when you're emotionally overwhelmed, when you become physically stressed, and when you're mentally confused, right? In, in those three circumstances, sometimes all three at once, it can become a large, overwhelming situation. And as, as believers, as people, sometimes we just define chaos as the emergency situation to donate to, rather than the personal relationship and struggles that someone might be going through, or the chaos we bring in our own lives. In each one of those moments, the emotional, overwhelming feeling that we have that says, Ah, I got too much going on. I can't help today. Or I don't, I don't know if I can really do this. This looks like it'll be a really large endeavor. Maybe I should just pull back from that person or that community. Right? I, I have too much going on in my own life. My life is messy. How can I help others? Because we all relate to the being emotionally overwhelmed, right? And then pulling back. We, we relate to being physically stressed and pulling back. We, we relate to just being mentally confused and not knowing what to do next. And we pull back. And if you're not a believer, you might say, well, that stinks. That, 
there's not really a resolution in that. <laughs> You've just highlighted all the points where I pull back from walking through chaos with somebody. But as a, as a Christian, we get a how-to guide. We, we get scripture that literally shows us how to walk through chaos, not only in big situations, but in relationships. And how we connect to one another, even when we have chaos in our own backgrounds, in our own relationships, in our own marriages, in our own families. And so we're, we're going to be looking at Exodus 14. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it, but most people have, have phones and everything like that. Uh, and just a little bit of context, I'm going to be starting off at Exodus 14, verse 10. Uh, and so I'll read, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said, to, they, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So at, at this point, they had been going for a while after they've uh, exited Egypt. And uh, I think kind of the funny thing in that is a lot of times in our mind, we jump straight from, oh, they left Egypt, Red Sea, and then 40 years. But we don't realize how long of a journey it even was to get to the Red Sea. Right. You are talking about miles and miles and miles of walking and days and camping and all of this stuff. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not necessarily like nature savvy at all. <laughs> if you put me in the wilderness, I will struggle and I will complain and I'll start to want the things I have at home. I'll, I'll, I'll crave comfort. And. I believe the Israelites were in that place too. Not only did they see danger, but they were emotionally stressed out. There was anxiety and panic. They were physically exhausted at that point. And they were confused as to what, to ha what was going to happen next. And that is a place I think we can all relate to. And so what, what happens throughout the next few verses, God lays out step by step by step. All right, you're in a chaotic situation. This is how you do it. This, this is how you walk through it. And uh, it's really four simple steps, right? And, and the very, very first thing that we have to do is acknowledge that we need to be with others in difficult times. We have to acknowledge that we need to be with others in difficult times. Your life is chaotic. My life is chaotic. But the calling of Christ is the same. That, that did not change because of the circumstances you are in or others are in. Whether we're looking at the Great Commission other stories in the Bible, or even the last few talks when we're talking about walking with someone and what that looks to influence them, be a part in their life. 
the key part of that is you got to be with people to walk with people. If you're deciding that you're not called to do so, you've missed the point of Christ. All right. I I, kind of like to think of, of Moses in this. We are talking, like I said earlier, days and days of walking. And in the scripture, we, we go from them camping to moving on in, in chapter 14. And, and they're talking about complaining and, and being right out of the part before parting the Red Sea. So I wonder what happened in those days and miles. What if Moses had said, mm, I've walked far enough? Because, right, there wasn't like, we don't know, but it doesn't say that he was performing all these miracles. It doesn't say that he was given direct commands and everything from the day to day. But we do know he continued to walk with them. That he continued to be there. And just by the act of being there, provided an opportunity down the road. So uh, the first step was a very simple step. Recognize that you got to be there, that you have to be with people if you're looking to get through the chaos, right? Second thing, we only have the power to walk through chaos when we acknowledge where the power comes from. You are only going to get through whatever situation it is, whether it's a situation in your marriage with your loved ones, with your coworkers, the only way to get through that is to acknowledge that you need God to do it. That God is the only one that's going to get you through that. I, I think I personally sometimes end up saying that, oh man, I, if I just do it this way, or that way, or if, if I plan this out really, really well, I can make it through. I, I'm someone who's a over helper, right? I, I'm, I'm someone who's overly optimistic about what I can do to my own detriment, and my wife would agree, right? And so I see situations and I say like, okay, if I just do this, this, and this, I, I can fix it. Well, I've taken God out of that equation. And in Exodus, uh, we, we move on, verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Before Moses did anything, as he's responding to the chaos in other people's lives, he pointed them to the power of God. He he said it out loud. He said it in a way that pointed reverence to God, acknowledging that God is going to do this. Not myself. There's no... Uh, plan that I can take, but it is the power of God. He, even when, <laughs> as far to say, 
You need only be still. That's how strong his faith was. And that's a challenge for us as believers. Do, do we have the faith and commitment that God is going to see you through it? Beyond everything else. Do you believe that God is going to take you from point A to point B and actively be a part of the solution? Or is it a you thing? Third thing, you've got to listen and respond to what God actually tells you. You have to listen and respond to what God tells you. Uh, if we, if we look down, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on, raise your staff and stretch your, out your hands over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on, on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord, and when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now, for myself, sometimes I do more complaining about the chaos that I'm in and the chaos of others that I'm involved with or the messiness that's going on in both of our lives or the situation to actually take the time to listen to what God has to say. You can't talk and listen at the same time, right? It's, it's a simple thing, but it's something that I personally miss out on, right? I, I easy situation. And I mean, I use my marriage because it, it's fun and she's here. And so it's okay. But, I, I'm someone who like when Helena has has an issue or something's going on or there's an issue in our marriage. I'll go straight to trying to talk and talk and talk and talk. As opposed to taking the time to listen. And guess what? I miss out on key things she has to say on key things that she's feeling. And that working through that ultimately starts with listening. The same thing is true in every other relationship that we have, except one difference is we listen to God first. And if we are too ready to talk and talk and talk, as opposed to taking the time to listen, we'll never hear clear directions. Look at, look at how clear the Lord is in this passage, right? It's very direct. Raise your staff, stretch out your hands. Here's what will happen. Now, I'm not saying that every single time you're going to get something that clear. But... I can guarantee that if you're talking more than you're listening to God, you won't hear anything. And so we have to start with listening and then responding to it. Responding 
to what God has actually told us to do. Uh, you know, Moses didn't decide at that moment, all right, good word, God, I'm out. Very different story at that point. Instead, he was faithful. He was faithful in, in the role he was called to play. And that faithfulness to follow through for a lot of us is difficult. Especially, I think sometimes we know what God's telling us to do. We know how we're called to act and love on others, to respond to other people in their brokenness. We know this to be true. So now it's the follow through actually doing it because we've heard it and seeing what can happen from that. Uh, verse, verse 21 in that is, uh, you know, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and their left. I, I think that is just so immensely powerful that as we're talking about how to go through chaos, there's a very clear image of God said what he was going to do. Moses responded in the way that God told him and there was an outcome. And for a lot of us, when we're trying to work through being emotionally overwhelmed, mentally confused, when we're in these moments of confusion and uncertainty, we kind of cheat ourselves out of the steps. Whether it's the following through, the listening, or acknowledging that God is the person we got to get the answer from in the first place. Which leads us to the fourth place and the fourth step. Recognize that you are part of the answer, but not the whole thing. You are part of the answer, but not the whole thing. I, I know for myself, when I want to help others or help a community, or if I, I'm viewing someone in need and life is messy whether it's in my own life or in theirs, I start to play the, uh, is it worth it game? This, this might be too much. Is it worth the time? Is it worth the effort? How much will it ask of me? I don't have the ability to give everything to this person. But the amazing thing, if we follow through the steps that God has laid out, is that, we're responding to what God tells us. At no point does he tell you, you are the whole answer. He tells you that he is the answer. He tells you that he's the light, the truth, the way. Where in that does he say that you are all of it? So when we're looking at investing and walking through chaos or chaotic moments with others, 
sometimes it really is as simple as just responding to what God has placed on your heart in that moment, in that time. Now, I think that overall we're called to continue walking with them, and that's clear. But we're all able to do something. And it's different for different people. But we have to be actively listening to hear what that is. And understand that everything is ultimately in service of the glory of God, not yourself. If you are trying to fix somebody or fix a situation because it'll make you feel better, you will ultimately fail. Time and time again, because that's not a real solution. Because it was never about you to begin with. Now, those four steps are pretty clear, but as Christians, there's a why to them. There's a reason why we go through all of that and all that effort to walk through chaos with others, right? And we, and we understand it. And that's because it's for two reasons. It strengthens you and gives you the opportunity to work with God. It will strengthen you and give you the opportunity to walk and work with God. Uh, I, I love reading through this and looking at verse 26. Because uh, again, when they're closing the Red Sea, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hands over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and their horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. And I, I love just the flow of that because it's, hey, God, God is here saying, hey, do this thing. And Moses is like, all right, I'm doing it. Now think about how powerful that looked to everyone else. seeing the winds roar, the seas crashing and everything like that. And Moses is just there, arms stretched, being a part of God's power. I crave that. I crave for the moments where I'm entrenched with God to the point that for other people, it's indistinguishable. And God wants that too. And in the moments of chaos, that gives us an opportunity to work with God. But if we're not walking with people through chaos, we're never getting to that point. We're not going to get to the point where God says, stretch out your hands. I got you. I can do this. I just need you to do this part. And the second reason why we do it. The most important reason. It creates a testimony that changes others. When we love on people. 
when we respond to God's word in their lives, when we're there for the opportunities where God comes in and does something, what do you think that person remembers? What do you think it does to their heart? Who is it do you think that they look to and say, so wait, what do you believe in again? Right? If, if we're not there through everything to actually be a conduit for God's strength, then we miss the opportunity for them to ask why. Why is it that you loved me so hard? Uh, You read on and it says, but the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. They saw something they couldn't explain. And I I love the word trust. Because when God has brought you through something, oh man, that's a deposit in a trust bank. You're like, oh, okay, well, clearly something is going on here. I want to lean into this a little bit more. I want to lean in a little bit more and just say, all right, God, you got me through this part of my life. I'm going to trust you for the next part. But they wouldn't have gotten to that part if Moses has decided he had walked far enough. If he didn't acknowledge how powerful God was and is. He needed to actually respond to what God told him. And he recognized that he wasn't the total solution. I think we forget that Moses didn't make it to the promised land. Right? We, we have this vision in our mind that Moses took him out of Egypt. Yay, it was great. He served a part of the solution. And he was a powerful testimony that changed people's lives for the better. But it wasn't his job to get them all the way to the end. And so when we're looking at investing in one another, if we're caring for one another, honestly, it kind of puts me at ease that I don't have to have it all figured out. I'm just responding to God in the chaos. Loving on others, walking with others, being available. And, and that that's all of our calls here today. That though we, our goal is to walk with, our lives are messy. And it's not even just the huge disasters but it's the little chaotic moments that we bring along with us. And sometimes we see people with those little chaotic, you know, little bags that they carry around and say, 
I don't know if I want to walk with that person. But we both know we're called to do so. And it's not that we have to have the whole answer. But that we have to respond in a way that God tells us to in love. And truly listen and act. So that when the time comes, they get to the point where they say, hey, why do you believe what you believe? Who is this God? Don't short or cheat yourself out of the testimony. It is never worth it. Because my hope for the church is we we get to the point where we stop picking and choosing what chaotic moments we want to go into without God and dive in head first into all chaos with God. And I know that we can do that. But that first step is acknowledging how powerful he is.